We are almost there. The 2022 NFL Draft just days away. The final pre-draft Twitter Tuesday mailbag coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Twitter Tuesday at the Peacock at Williamson NFL is where you can find our handles and get those questions in. This is going to be the last pre-draft Twitter Tuesday, but we will have a ton of post-draft Twitter Tuesdays. So get ready to fire those off as you are watching the NFL Draft go down and checking in with that Locked On NFL YouTube channel to watch all of the live coverage here on the network of the NFL Draft. The first question... Matt, as we get into this Twitter Tuesdays about Kadarius Tony, why the heck is he available just after being a first-round pick last year by the New York Giants? I know there's a new regime here, but uh, Kenneth wants to know why Kadarius Tony is available and what would the Giants get in return? Well, he's a one of the most unique wide receiver prospects I've ever seen in that he has to be schemed up he's remarkably raw as a route runner and the finer points of the position but he is a rare mover you know we saw a game or two last year where if you get him the ball he looks like a video game you know like he looks like Bo Jackson at the, in Tecmo Bowl type of thing like he just move his body moves different than most and I remember this time last year a lot, and I worry that Traylon Burks has some of these qualities, has some of these traits as well, that he better go to the right team. That's what I mean by Burks. And he didn't go to the right team. Jason Garrett was not the right team for him. And he has injury questions, as always have been the case with them. So maybe they just look at him and say, if I can turn you into a second-round pick and cut my losses to some degree – Let's do it because I never would have drafted you to begin with. It's it's so weird Maybe. that they would be. Uh, you're, you're definitely not going to get a return on this guy right now. And uh, according to the it's latest report here from Jordan right Rannon. Um, who covers the Giants, I believe, for The Athletic, maybe? Uh, he said, spoke to a bunch of sources around the league about second-year wide receiver Kadarius Tony over the weekend. Giants view him as a valuable asset, would want a significant return, makes it seem right now the likelihood is he does not get moved which is exactly like, I don't get it. What, right, right, right. Team with this, what, how are you going to get a significant return on a first-round pick when there's a really good class of first-round wide receivers? You have to take a loss if you're trading Kadarius Tony. so why are you even shopping him? And the moment that his name comes out means that you already lost value on it. He had 39 catches, 420 yards last year as a receiver, uh, carried the ball a couple of times, but man, he's got elite athleticism, get the ball in his hands, sort of catch and run guy, but you're right. It has to be in the right offense. And apparently that's not the offense that uh, they want to run in New York. Well, let me throw this at you. If, if it's gotten to the point where the Debo bridge has burned and he has to go and you trade Debo for whatever, say you send him the jets or Colts or whomever, are you interested in Tony for the Niners as a replacement? Yes, but it would have to be at, I mean, you're not be, giving up a future first for him, oh, or no, resembling like, a first. I would think a third should be plenty. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I think that's what you get on a guy one year removed from a you know a okay rookie year. But like build his value this year 
and see if a team comes calling next year. Why would you just dump him right now? And, unless and look, and it's a huge red flag. Like people in the building huge red flag, like the right. guy. They're like, oh, this guy's terrible. He's a terrible teammate. So uh, it would be tough to give up anything at all of value for Kadarius Tony right now. Which I kind of agree yeah. with that report that if you think you're going to get a significant return, then he's definitely not going anywhere. Right. I mean, if I if you want to get him out of the building, you don't like him, you know, and. And, and there were some rumblings of such things a year ago as a prospect, but yes, it's bad business. It is bad business and might be. Uh, so this is to me is a team comes in with a really late pick and this is them that want to change culture. They don't like the fit, whatever it is. Um, and, and that would be the only thing that makes sense to me. You'd have to t- take a huge loss on this and it's not their draft pick, or at least it's not this regime's draft pick. So maybe they don't care. They're like, look, we were changing culture. He doesn't fit. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, would you rather take a chance on him or LaVisca Chenault? Right, yeah, and they should. neither one should cost a lot, especially Chenault. No, he, right. like, and, and that's another one. Look, if Debo goes, you definitely call him the Jaguars trying to get Chenault for like a six-round pick, you know? Yeah, hand on the ball and do Trey Lombards-type things with him, maybe, you know? So, let's go to... Steven says, not knowing their NFL careers, draft these jokers in, or- in order. I don't know why he calls them jokers. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, not knowing their NFL careers. So this is as prospects. Who are the best prospects in order? Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Allen, the pass rushing variety who was drafted by the Jaguars out of Kentucky, and Bradley Chubb. All right, I'm writing these down real quick. So Miles Garrett, Bosa, Bosa, Chase. Allen, Chubb, Hutch, and Chase Young. Okay. Here's a little curveball, by the way. Okay. I'm going to throw another joker in the mix. This Tim Anderson kid who's coming out next year from Alabama is number one on my list. Ahead of Miles Garrett? I'm ahead of anyone I've ever seen come off the edge. He is unbelievable. But that's for next year. So just a little teaser. We'll get back to that a year from now. That's good because what, what this question is about is trying to figure out where Aiden Hutchinson ranks. Uh, historically, right? So he's right, not right, only right, right. behind all a lot of these guys, I'm guessing, for you, Matt, as he is for me, he's behind next year's guys, too. But the guy, I mean, again, I haven't studied him like I have these other dudes, but from what I've seen, he's about as good of edge passing, edge pass rush prospect as has ever existed. This list is actually pretty easy for me. It's Miles Garrett, one, Chase Young, two, Nick Bosa, three, Joey, four, Hutch, five, Allen, six, Chubb, seven. I was never a Chubb believer, to be honest with you. He, he I liked Chubb. Uh, I would have had Chubb ahead of Allen. Okay. I thought Allen got pushed up a little too high, and I actually liked Burns just about as much as Allen, although I did, I did like Allen a lot. I love Brian Burns. And by the way, I would Burns have Brian Burns guys, ahead of uh, you know Jermaine Johnson and ahead yeah. of maybe ahead of Thibodeau, too. So, so I'll like, take this version of Burns over all of them. Right, I'm yeah. not all the ones we just mentioned. All the incoming rookies, yeah, I'd rather have him than Hutchinson. Burns did have questions about his size, and that's why he fell right. to pick 17. But I mean, I love Burns. I was all about him, and yeah, he's turned out to be that dude. But uh, yeah. I, you, I had the exact same list as you, by the way, except for just Chubb over Allen. That's it. Okay, yeah. So and, and Hutch is me, five. They, I'm not sure they even should be included in the conversation. They they shouldn't. No, you're right. Yeah, but they went high. Chubb was thought of pretty darn high. I, Chubb would go, I think Chubb would go number one overall this year. 
Do you? Yeah. See, I thought as he a was prospect. sort of stiff, and I, I didn't love him coming out. Yeah, maybe not. And he did fall a little further than people expected in that class. He was in, like, the people were torn between, like, him and Quentin Nelson. and I mean, he went six, I think. I mean, he's a good player. I just didn't love him coming out. From Jason on Twitter, do any of McLaurin, Debo Samuel, or A.J. Brown get traded before Friday? <sighs> We've talked this to death. But I'll go on record and say, yes, one. Let's include DK, mm-hmm. you know, any fourth-year receiver gets traded before the before, end of day Friday. Before Friday. I'll say so, yes. Yeah. But and I don't have much to back. Any of these players probably has to get traded before that team is on the clock Thursday. Before the, the buying team imagine. is on the clock Thursday. And it could happen while maybe a team is waiting to see who's on the clock. If you love the guy there at pick 10 for the Jets, maybe they're able to trade a guy uh, on Thursday night when they weren't able to Wednesday just because the team didn't know who's going to be there at 10. So does that help the the buying team in that case? Wait to see who's there. Um, but yeah, I was thinking the Jets too. Like if they go corner and edge in the first round, Maybe Thursday night they're calling yeah. all these teams like crazy, offering both seconds or whatever. Yeah, which has been something they've been trying to do anyway, unsuccessfully, which makes me think they have to include 10 if they're going to get a guy. Mm-hmm. Or a future pick. or yeah. And 10's know. not, we just talked about it, 10's not as valuable this year as 10 historically. So a team might not be looking at 10 as they were, which is why maybe the Jets are trying to get out of there. Agreed. You know, and we talked about this yesterday about DJ's list and the receivers being too high. And I understand the contracts are a major portion of this, but all those guys to me are much better than any receiver in this draft. Right. Yeah. So if you're the Jets, you're at, and, and if you have the you the money to pay them, you're like, oh, well, for sure. Let's take the guesswork out and get a star receiver, and I'll trade ten mm-hmm. all day. And I would probably have to include something else. And they got a ton of cap space too. Right. Like, I th- I think if I'm the Jets, I'll trade you ten and change. For DK Brown, McLaurin, Debo, and I'll immediately pay them because I'm in a different situation than most. I need to make uh, Wilson would be great with London or Wilson or Olave or whatever, but they don't need to learn together. I need to give you the Stefan Diggs, you know, the, to for Allen. I would say I've had Debo as a 37% chance he gets traded, which is has raised up a lot. I would still put A.J. Brown, D.K. McLaurin at under 10%. If you put all yes. those together, does it add up to 50%? I guess it kind of does. So I guess there's kind of was my a chance too. that one guy does get moved. I think all of them are unlikely to get moved individually, though. Good way of saying it. If I picked each one, I'd probably be like, ah, I don't think so. But since there's four bites at the apple, I'm going to say one happens. All right, a lot up. of movement this offseason. I mean, that's what I keep going back to. These Come, GMs aren't bashful. No, they're not. No, the, the GMs these days, and I think they're more likely to say, oh, you want out? Okay, we'll trade you. Because back in the day, yeah, it would have been, right. been like, nope, we're going to make your life miserable. We're going to put the franchise tag on you for two straight years. You're going to lose money, get fined. I think teams are a little bit more queasy about doing that these days. Yeah, right. No, I think that there's less loyalty between team and player, you know, that, uh, and maybe that's not the best way of phrasing it, but, but hey, fair. we love you. We're not married to you. We'll, we'll sell, trade you for picks, and we'll draft, and we trust ourselves to draft guys. They're in like with each other, not in love with each other these days. Yeah, I mean, it's a not a long-term <laughs> marriage. You know, we're both just here for until, you know, getting through. It's a swipe left, swipe right society, even in the NFL these days. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm a too lot old, of- but okay. <laughs> 
there's a there's <laughs> actually telling in itself but people, i have a hunch uh, people don't know this but uh in the nfl there's this app for gms and you just swipe left and right <laughs> on players you don't actually call each other and, and offer trades anymore all right let's move on to your worst case scenario for the steelers and where the trades might happen in the nfl draft next Hey everyone, I want to tell you guys about Athletic Greens. I've taken a multivitamin every morning 30 years. I mean, my whole life. And I'm very conscious of that sort of thing. And I heard about Athletic Greens and I'm like, boy, if I add that with the multivitamin, I'm going to be in great shape. And I started a couple weeks ago and it's really been good. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that, you know, really get your day started right. And pull back the curtain a little bit. I've had some digestion issues in the past, and not lately. I think that Athletic Greens has really solved that. So I highly recommend it to all you guys. I mean, anyone that's really into your health, definitely take a look at that. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network, all one word. That, again, that's athleticgreens.com NFL Network slash NFL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting, stats, information, and wagering and now odds for Debo Samuel's next team if he is traded this offseason the Colts somehow lead that list which doesn't really add up they don't have a first round pick but a few other teams that have a ton of draft picks do make sense if the 49ers were listening to offers the Chiefs the Jets the Saints the Packers and Eagles are the next most likely according to betonline.net not only can you bet on football and Super Bowl futures and NFL draft props, but NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and eSports as well. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, this is not a Steelers podcast, but I always like to hear uh, your perspective question, on the dude. Steelers, Matt. What is your worst case scenario for the Steelers C.C. Ryder is asking this question. Worst case for the Steelers. At 20, you're talking? Uh, there, there's no specification. Okay. I'm going to take it that way. I mean, draft, I'm not going to talk about fourth-round picks and things like that. But, I mean, I would say maybe a Traylon Burks. Not that I dislike him. I'm just thinking, who's the 20th-ranked guy for me on my board? You know, and right. someone like him would be in that conversation for me. Um, what, what what did you feel about the the uh, Terrell Edmonds pick when it was made? That was universally panned by most analysts for the Steelers. Like, early. is there a player like that where it's like, oh god, I didn't even see this guy as a first round player, let alone top twenty? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess worst case scenario to me would probably be like a Ritter, and which would tell me that they love him, and I'd say. Eh. 20 for Ritter. Okay. You know, what if it, I kind of feel the same about Pickett, to be honest with you. And what, I'll, I'll t- <laughs> I'm trying to make it worse for you. What if it was not only Pickett or Ritter, or yeah, Pickett or Ritter, but it was a trade up too? Yeah, that would not settle well with me. Right, there we go. We found it. We found the worst case trade up for Yeah. Uh, the wild card here, though, that can't be overlooked with Pickett, though. I've told you guys this, but they share a facility with Pitt. I mean, 
I used to go to work every day, and I'm going to be down there for the draft. There is a facility with a wall right down the middle, and on the right is Pitt, and on the left is the Steelers, and the far left is a cafeteria that they share, and out back is four fields. The first two are the Steelers, the next two are Pitt. They know everything about Pickett in the world. They know Mm -hmm. his favorite flavor of ice cream. They know everything about him. If they run to the podium at 20, I have to defer to them and say, that's a good pick. Well, I don't, Matt. I do not have to defer, and I will say that that was a bad pick. No, I don't know. But yeah, we'll see. And I, it's not for me. I wouldn't take him at 20. It's but kind of a, if they do, they might say all along, that's who we wanted three months ago, and we've had to tell the world we wanted Willis because he lives in our backyard. All right. Let's go to Janet here who uh, had a question about the uh, the trades that could potentially happen in the NFL draft. Who trades up and where? in the first round. And I've got some pretty good ideas about this, Matt. Okay. Um, glad you do. Cause I don't, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you exactly. And cause I've been working on this two round mock draft and I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you w- what the exact trades are, but I, I, there's two places in round one where I see trades now. And it is pick 12, oddly enough with the Minnesota Vikings and pick 17 with the Los Angeles chargers. And I'll tell you why uh, okay. for trade downs for trade downs. I think a lot of teams in the top 10 would like to trade down. I don't know if they're going to find those trades. But I think we are going to find some trades after the top 10 or starting right about 10 because we had talked yesterday about the run on receivers. I think it's going to be between 10 and 22. And I think the teams that are jockeying for those are going to want to get into that zone. So let's say the first receiver in the draft goes off the board at 10. Well, now the uh, the the Minnesota Vikings, who were hoping Stingley falls to them, or you know Sauce Gardner, or something like mm-hmm. that, and those guys are gone. So you're sitting there thinking, man, our our top guy is Trent McDuffie. We can trade down ten picks and maybe still get McDuffie. And if McDuffie's gone, maybe we can get Kyer Elam, or we can get Booth, or we can get a different corner if that's what you're looking yeah, at, right? Yeah. And I just think that all of the ideal picks, the players that maybe the Vikings would have hoped that they could get, are going to be gone by twelve. In almost every scenario, I do this, and I don't like who the the Vikings are getting value at 12 and I see uh, the, the Eagles coming up. I see the saints coming up and then I see all those teams at the end of the first round, all wide receiver needy, right at 22 with the Packers and 28 with the Packers and 29 and 30 with the chiefs. And they all have extra picks, right? So I think pick 12 is a big hitch point. That could be a huge trade. And the reason I don't say pick 13, which I originally thought it would have been, in the Houston Texans is because the Texans have so many picks, not only this year, but next year they need quality over quantity. Whereas a team like, um, so so I think it's better for the Texans to stick and take the best possible player rather than trading out and not getting a first round caliber guy. Whereas I don't like how the board falls for the Vikings at 12 many times. Now, if, if Stingley falls, then, you know, that goes out the door, but I don't think Stingley's going to fall there to pick 12. So I like pick 12 as a place for a team to trade out. And I think it's more wide receiver than quarterback, maybe in this class, even though traditionally you're like looking for where the quarterbacks are going to get traded up for. And similarly, pick 17. Uh, I like that as well because of um, if you're trying to get in front of the next, you know, maybe a couple of receivers have gone, but you're trying to get that last one and you're trying to get right back in in front of the Eagles or the Saints. And then the Packers are coming up after that. I like 17 as a spot that a team could go up as well. Well said. I don't know much to add to it because like when I when I heard the question being read, I thought, 
who are the targets? You know, great, I want to trade down, but who are the, the people that who are the players that people are going to covet to give up extra picks to go get? But I do think that cost of moving up will be a little less this year than usual, maybe not greatly less than the trade value chart, but that might entice people to give it a shot. And when you mentioned the Vikes, I thought the same thing is like it's almost Stingley or bust. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, and you're hoping, right? And then you're like, ah, well, we didn't get that. So let's listen to offers at least. And I think there will be offers. So that one makes a ton of sense to me. And I would also add one more is pick 27. When I'm doing mock drafts, I'm like, am I going to give a guard to Tampa Bay? Or can they trade back 10 picks and get a guard and a team moves up for a quarterback or a team moves up to try to get in front of those, that second Packers pick at 28 and then those two. KC picks back to back to back, right? So that's another spot 27 I like for a team to move up into. No, that's a good call too. It's always a weird fix. The one that I've found I have a hard time finding a landing spot for sometimes is the Packers' second pick, assuming they get a receiver with the first pick, a a Dotson or somebody like that. I never knew quite who to mock to them. See, that's I love the Packers because they could go up or, as we talked about yesterday, what if they just they know they like this wide receiver at the back end of round one that most people don't really have going super high? And so they, they're like, Dude, we're just going to sit back at 28 and draft George Pickens. So we'll go somewhere else at mm-hmm. 22 and get the best player on the board. Maybe it's a wide receiver, but we know we like Pickens enough or we know we like Christian Watson or Sky Moore or one of these other receivers enough. Jahan Dotson enough at 28 that we're just going to draft that guy there. And, and and just and just hang out, and we don't have to do anything crazy. And so uh, I, I could see both Devin ways. Lloyd falls, and they take him. Yes, or yep. a safe pick like Zion Johnson, or you know, makes some sense. Absolutely. About- okay, quick uh, Twitter question from at Williamson NFL oh, okay. to uh, at BD Peacock. Percent chance this is kind of like the receiver conversation. Percent chance Jordan Love gets dealt in the next oh. week. Never hear a thing about this guy, but I just assumed when they signed Rodgers, would at least hear Jordan Love to the Falcons for a third-round pick, or at least hear a rumbling or a blurb. I've heard nothing. All right, how about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna return this serve back to oh no, at Williamson Retweet NFL it. from at BD Peacock. Okay, let me ask you this: What would you give up? as GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, if round one and two go a certain way where you don't end up with the quarterback and you're sitting on the clock in round three, do you give up that third round pick for Jordan Love? Do you wait till next year? Are you saying, nope, not going to give up a three, I'll give up a four or a five or something like that? I'd I give up less that's, than you think. That's what I think. That, <laughs> and like, like, because you said third round pick, I'm like, I'm not super excited about a third round pick, but you know, maybe I would rather do a third round pick than draft pick it at 20 you know i hear you saying right you know like my offer as gm of the steelers would be something like it would be a conditional pick that would be somewhere from a future next year's fourth that could turn into a second oh so if he wins the job this year it's a second probably kind of thing like if he starts eight games he's like oh we found something in jordan love so right. now he's worth a second. But if not, then he's worth a fourth. Right. And you might be cutting him in two years or whatever. That's true. So you might be wasting a fourth. But you have an opportunity to draft the now. I kind of like that. I'd but like that's worth that it if lot. you're Atlanta. Yeah. And that's worth it if you are. Maybe any team it's the, worth it. And Maybe it, Houston it's worth it. We talked about all their picks. You it's know? worth it from the Packers side too, right? Right. 
saying like, we liked this guy for a reason. Maybe so. we could get a future second if he turns out to be actually good, like we thought. That's pretty good mm-hmm. return. A future second. And they have, the and Packers if, have a lot of picks this year. They don't. They can wait a year. And if not, then he wasn't going to be worth anything anyway. So we got a fourth. So that's not terrible either. Yeah, at least there's a bird in the hand there. Right. Maybe that's the type of deal that needs to happen. There it is. We found the value of Jordan Love. I, I love that actually. Yeah, that's what I would be in the market for. I'm not giving you anything out of this year's draft, but. I'll give you next year's fourth that could turn into a two. God, why are we running a team, Matt? We got this thing figured out. Come yeah, on. we do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we'll finish up the final pre-draft Twitter Tuesday next. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it is now impossible to stock All the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. There's a question from JDS that says, who are the guys you feel higher and lower than the consensus from draft experts? And I think I will point folks to Monday's episode. We went through Daniel yeah, Jeremiah's yeah. top 150, and I think that's a pretty good you know, indication of how a lot of scouts feel about this class, even though it's Daniel Jeremiah's opinion. And we talked about guys that we were lower or higher on. So I would go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned like Leo Chanel. I think people right. are a little light on. You know? yeah. So there's a lot of those yesterday. Absolutely. How about the notorious HIG says QBs that get all the money screw themselves in a way when the team can't build around them. Do you agree? In a way, I mean, there's, there's loopholes in the way this, this league pays their people at this point. And again, you can get Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott on a rookie deal. You're stealing from the rest of the league. Or even if you get the Herbert Burrow level play from a first round pick, you're in such great position. Again, I think that they're, I think we referenced this yesterday, that, that, that Derek Carr line of demarcation, it, it all comes down to me of when their contract's up, and we're seeing this with Baker Mayfield is a perfect example that's playing out in real time, do people want to give him the money that he's actually deserved of? You know, like, he's one of the best 20 quarterbacks in the league or 25 or whatever. He should get 25 to 30 million. But does that help me win Super Bowls? Because that's a left tackle that I don't have anymore. I got a question here about the age of NFL prospects, Matt. And if we're worried about some of the older prospects in this class, because of the whole COVID thing, it was an odd couple of draft years. And now we're seeing uh, a deeper class, but a less top-heavy class and a lot of older NFL prospects. Do you Are you worried about prospects like Kenny Pickett? who is a five-year 
a 50 year breakout age worries me. The, the thing with Kenny Pickett is not even so much the age. It's that he wasn't good until his third full right. season starting or his fourth full season starting at age 24 going against 18, 19 year olds. That worries me quite a bit. Like every time I look into Kenny Pickett, I like him less and less. And I will me say too. this. I want to say this about the quarterbacks because I want to make sure I get this on record before you get to the draft because it's a frustrating thing. You see it every year and it's hard because you're evaluating athletes against their you know, against their opponents. And, and you can't really, sure. you, you can't go watch an NFL or you can't watch a college player play against NFL speed because you just can't do it. It's a projection. Right. It always will be. Right. And so you're, they're going against slower, smaller guys than they're going to in the league. But I see this a lot where you'll see a receiver who is, say, six feet, 200 pounds, and runs, you know, 4'4 four, four or whatever, you know, and he's pretty athletic. And it's like, oh, this guy's got everything. He's got size and speed and all this. And like, He's average. He's average as heck. Like, yeah, because right, right. everybody's got that in the league. And so you see a guy in the NFL jersey in week one, and you think, oh, he's a lot smaller than I thought. You, you get that a lot in the NFL. Um, right. And it's not a he knock on the prospect. different pads at the NFL than right. he did that I thought. You know, but right. the reason I bring that up with Kenny Pickett, and especially with some of these other prospects, like basically all the quarterback prospects in this class except for Malik Willis. People are like, oh, he's got a really good arm. He's got... People said that about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo coming out was like, oh, he's got a great arm, right? Yeah, but you get right. into the NFL, and it's like, oh, that's a pretty darn average arm. you know. And then he has an the arm injury, and it's like, well, that's point. actually kind of a sub-average arm in some cases, right? And he's got a quick release, and he's a twitched-up athlete. And I was like, yeah, at uh, Eastern Illinois, that's one thing. But uh, And I keep seeing uh, you know, the arm strength of Kenny Pickett, or uh, I love the arm of Matt Corral. It's like, those are going to be painfully average arms in the NFL. So they're um, not in the top 20. No, not at all. Not even close. There's, not, there's right. tons of backups with better arms than Kenny Pickett and uh, Matt Corral in the NFL. Yeah. Like Garoppolo is a perfect example. Like think about his draft class. We were probably like their car probably is the best arm in this class, which is really a good arm, but it's an NFL average arm. And Jimmy's is next because it's better than Manziel or Bridgewater's like, okay. Compared to the guys he's coming out with that particular year, he had a good arm, and it's not a bad arm, but it's not a power arm at all. Drive the ball through the wind and snow and Josh Allen and, you know, Cam Newton and those types. Um, back to the age thing, this is a long conversation. I am a big believer, and there's so many analytics folks that have studied this to no end that are much better at it than I am, but I listen to them and I learn from them. Um, I'm a big believer in early breakout age, you know, like, George Pickens has a great early breakout age where he becomes a star early on. Those guys translate to the NFL very, very well over history. Late breakout age is a concern at any position, but quarterback in particular. It took you four or five years when you were three years older than your opponent to really shine. Like, eh, I don't like that. I mean, I always talk about I was in some college, you know, and we were watching tape of this kid. And he was playing against BYU and this old grizzled scout turned to me and said, Hey, young pup, you know, realize that he's playing against 25 year old dudes that were on a Mormon mission that have two kids. Like, Oh yeah, I guess they do. I guess they are, you know, like an 18 or 19 year old is much different than a 25 year old. I mean, many of you know that. So I think that's a big deal. As for older prospects coming out, it doesn't really worry me because I still think you look at them of, if I can get one contract out of this guy, send him on his way and get a comp pick, I'm pr it's probably a successful move. And this year is different than most because it's such an old draft class. 
I, I wonder if for those studies will be asterisks except for the 2022 class. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it's, there's so much odd stuff about the 2022 class. There's right. the age. There's the the weird combine times. Some of them didn't. Travis Jones didn't play football two years ago. Right. You know. <laughs> I wonder if next year at the combine, people are going to be like, oh, the, it, was, it was screwed up. Don't even look at those combine times from last year. Like you can't even. Well, that too. Right. You know what I mean? So, or there's just a new norm for combine times. Realize right. it's an unbelievably fast track. Yes. See and, uh, which would be kind of cool for the draft process because at least you could have every like people. They're not going to wait for their pro days anymore. So then you get everybody running there, oh, yeah. which is a lot easier to at least compare apples to apples in this class, even if historically the numbers aren't going to add up versus past classes. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there like J.J. Zacharyson does an unbelievable job, and he has this model for if a receiver has a breakout age of 19 and he runs a 4-3, well, a 4-3 in 2022 might be different than a 4-3 in 2019. <laughs> right, yeah, the models are going to be broken. Right, exactly. <laughs> a lot's changing with those things. So with... And here's the other odd thing about quarterback age is I think it's less important for quarterbacks. We saw that with Joe Burrow. Because they play forever. Because you need you have to there's some things you gotta learn. And that's why the Parcells commandments for quarterbacks exists, because you need a quarterback to have gone through adversity. You need him to have played a lot of ball. So you need right. a, you like an early breakout, but you also kind of do want your quarterback. We see it with Sam Darnold. You come back you come out of school after one good year, after your redshirt sophomore year. Well, you, you just haven't developed Trubisky enough as a as a human and, being yeah, right, and, and had yeah. that one year. So you want multiple years, you want to break out early, but you want to play a lot of ball as well and I think that is more important for a quarterback than some of the other younger age you know um Jamar Chase is like okay we've seen enough after your freshman year let's go you know let's move along you know but for a quarterback you want him to start for three years so that's why I think the guy with the the highest floor in this class of the quarterbacks is actually Ritter because Ritter broke out earlier he elevated uh college he got Cincinnati to and look they had Sauce Gardner they had a lot of talent as well in that team he got him to the tournament right so I, I, I love Ritter as an earlier breakout age uh but actually stayed through his senior year and and played a lot of football and hits a lot of those Parcells commandments. So that's why I like yeah. Ritter over Kenny Pickett, who it just took Kenny Pickett way too long to finally break out. And even though he meets the commandments, the early part of his career is like, yeah, come on. You, you had to be playing better ball earlier for me to be on board with you as a first-round prospect. And then we talked about the arm stuff that kind of gets overrated because it's like it's fine, but it's not like plus in those no. uh, athleticism categories. Yeah, and to expand on that, and I guess we'll wrap this thing up soon, is – Two years ago, three years ago, Ritter was a much better football player than Pickett. You know, like, not even close. You know, oh, yes, last year. their last season. I thought, in, in la- I thought Ritter that? was going to come out of the draft in 2021 and be a high second-round pick. Right. It might not be much different than his stock is now, even though he's improved as well. And he improved every year. And one thing about quarterbacks I think is different than everybody else is if you're a three-year starter, four-year starter, like Ritter was – Ritter changed the trajectory of the Cincinnati Bearcats. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're a different program than when he showed up. And he's not alone in doing it, but he's a massive reason why. You're used to being, I say on the billboards, but that's old old person talk. You're used to being the face <laughs> of the franchise, dealing with media, dealing with wins, dealing with losses. I mentioned Haskins, Trubisky. There's a lot of these guys that were one-year starters. They did it for 12 games, and it went well. And, okay, great. You know, it's different for doing it for – 40 games and have mm-hmm. to deal with your teammates when things go bad and injuries and play through pain and maybe a different coaching staff. Like there's some leadership to that. Yeah. Just game planning 
40 times right. instead of game planning 12 times and seeing all exactly. the different defenses and seeing all the different things that teams throw at you and just being and a, all those defenses have tape and tape of you yeah. to come after you differently and just being an adult yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so Ritter has that to me that's his best quality I mean he's married with a three-year-old I think you know well, that's awesome We'll finish this up here. This is from, uh, to, to answer the question, this is the top offensive prospects and defensive prospects who will be 24 years old as rookies, which is really old for the NFL, and this is as many as I can remember seeing of some of the top prospects in the draft. Because there's always a lot of you know seniors and fifth-year seniors, but they're not mm-hmm. thought of as guys that are going to go early and maybe even be starters right away in the NFL. So we've got, at least not anymore, uh, Kenny Pickett is one, running back Pierre Strong, a tight end Jelani Woods, offensive tackles Bernard Raymond, Abraham Lucas, Kellen Deesh, uh, guards Sean Ryan, Luke Gorky, and centers Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, and Luke Fortner from Kentucky. And the oldest, I think, of all of them, who will be 25 when the season starts, is Velas Jones, who was actually in college for six right. years because he was a super senior and got that extra COVID year as well, transferred from USC to Tennessee. Velas Jones is actually a good prospect too, but kind of never had a bro- breakout age. And even though he tested really well and has some good tape, he's going to be 25 as a rookie. So that's another odd prospect. I don't know where to place him. A lot of linemen there, which doesn't bother me because linemen play a long time. Mm-hmm. But what you have to ask yourself in the draft room, and trust me, teams are doing this, are uh, am I excited to give a 29-year-old their second contract? That's what it all yes. comes down to. Right. You know, yeah. like it's different than the 27-year-old. Yeah. I mean, bring it back to Steelers. Steelers assigned James Daniels to a second contract. He's 25. You know, like, that's so much different than a 28 or 29-year-old. That's crazy. James Daniels just got his second contract in the NFL. He's the same age as Velas Jones is going to be a rookie this year. Right, right. I mean, that's a big deal, especially for the non-first-rounders, because you know it's going to be four years, he's going to be up. A few more older prospects that will be 24 as rookies on the defensive side of the ball. We've got Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, Fedarian Mathis, defensive tackle, Boye Mafe out of Minnesota, edge player uh, Jermaine Johnson's another one. He transferred from Georgia to Florida State. Um, Arnold, God, imagine that Georgia line, crazy. And they had Jermaine Johnson. that they did, It was just superfluous. They didn't even need Jermaine Johnson. That, that, that line was so good at Georgia. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I've been hearing more and more that the D tackle that's going back next year is better than anyone on their entire defense. <laughs> and they've got uh, how many how many first rounders that they have in the ultimate mock draft? Like nine or something great. Right, right. Um, right. Arnold Lebicetti is another one. Devin Lloyd, JoJo Doman, uh, Marcus Jones out of Houston, Josh Job, and Tariq Castro Fields. Those are all defensive players in this They're draft. The They'll be twenty four year old rookies. So uh, you know, an old class for sure because of COVID is obviously yeah. why. And we'll see. It'll be interesting to. Really study it five years from now. Love it. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Thanks for all the questions, everybody. Apologies if we did not get to your questions. And we will continue the Twitter Tuesdays throughout the offseason. Tons of post-draft questions as well. So get get those into us at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Tune into the live draft coverage on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Matt and I, back tomorrow, right here, Peacock and Williamson.